Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Right. Right. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Mangan St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. This is 101 ESPN. It's also YouTube. I'm going to the YouTube chat right now. You should. That's where I'm going. I'm going to see what's doing. What's, yeah. what's doing? Balloon uh, Party is live. Come on in. Jackson will chat with you. Sure. Come on I'll in. Talk over with you. Uh, you can text into this program, Air Comfort Service, text line 314-399-9646. Taylor Twelman with us. Coming up at 1035. That's brought to you by Together Credit Union. And Jackson, uh, you're loaded for bear today, but uh, had a couple of, what, uh, technical issues that might have sidetracked this little piddle's angry beaver half and half? I mean, let the people know what's going on. Sure. Yeah. So we had some issues on TMA, the program we do from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. of 1057. HD2. Yeah, 1057 HD2, YouTube at uh live stream, all that good stuff. Right. Um, so we had some issues on the technical side, uh, which is directly my priority number one. I have to take care of that immediately mm. because that show is going mm. on live. Mm. Now, that means that some of the things I do during the program, including the little pills half and half, creating that, gets kind of pushed to the wayside. Not because I don't uh, love doing this program. I don't love bringing the listeners hot questions like I do right. on a half and half, but I had to put out a fire figuratively. Uh, about the TMA thing. So, some of the questions maybe aren't great or incomplete. Oh, no, 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 We're underselling. But there's still some meat to chew on uh, within there. And obviously, we have Taylor Twelman at 1035. And if listeners want to send in a deep dive request, we know that's always on the table for folks to send in a deep dive request and get that going. Uh, but I still have questions. There's no doubt about that. But you're just not excited about them. And you just told the audience that... This might not be one of your best half and halves, and now the people are going to be furious. Well, and I understand that, but nobody bats a thousand. I mean, on my best days, I feel like I'm up there. And on my worst days, I still feel like the effort's there. And so today, I wouldn't say it was an effort thing, um, but I could see how it could be misconstrued as such. So the effort wasn't there? Some could, some could say that. I don't believe so. I believe my effort is almost always top tier. Top shelf. Well, the only thing I can control is my effort. And so, wow. if that's the only thing you can control, you, so should, poignant. Yeah, you should try to do it as best as you can. All right, let's see what we got. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, here it is. It has been undersold to you. It is the half and half presented by the wonderful people at Angry Beaver, courtesy of a gentleman who goes by the name of Piddles. Sure. You've talked about fans or teams being in a position where a player or coach has to work. Sam Bradford for the Rams, Eli Drinkwitz for the Missouri Football Tigers. What do you think? How do teams get to that point? Is it a self-sabotage or just poor judgment? What are some examples of this right now and some locally in the past? 
God, I don't know. I didn't see this question coming, so I'm, I'm thrown off. I'm going to buy time, and maybe my mind will be triggered by some of your ideas. Right. Well, I guess I explain the idea a little bit more than I did in the question is, and using Sam Bradford as a, as a uh, example, Sam Bradford, which we actually talked about in TMA, got a $78 million contract as a rookie. He was the last rookie to do so. They changed the rules on rookie contracts afterwards. If he didn't work, you have assigned so much money to this guy— not really your fault. You kind of had to. He's the first overall pick. But if he doesn't work, you are now owing a guy so much money, and he kind of has to work. Otherwise, you're in a really bad position moving forward. Similarly with the Missouri Tigers, we're now, f- this is Drinkwitz's fourth season. Uh, a lot of recruits, a lot of time spent on Eli Drinkwitz to develop the program. If he doesn't work, you're kind of resetting after that, and then you're really in a bad spot. So... I'm trying to think of some people out there who are like kind of in that way. Uh, I, I, I guess you can make an argument, even though he's done so much, but Bill Belichick is kind of at that point where it's like, yes, he's been an extremely successful coach for so long, but without Brady, he hasn't proven he can do it. So now what do you do? Do you have to restart with a brand new coach? You haven't had a new coach in 25 years. All right. I understand what you're saying. Um The Bradford one is a great example from local St. Louis sports past. I would say the obvious present example is Cairo and Thomas. Mm, mm -hmm. I mean, that is a major allocation of of dollars at a young age. That is a big bet. Uh, The Blues have made a bet on the defenseman, and it is playing a role in the team's lack of high expectations and the performance in 2022-2023. So those would be ones that come to mind right away from a local standpoint. Looking deeper into that, is that just kind of a circumstance thing? Like, are all teams kind of faced with that and it either works out or it doesn't? No, do I don't think, think so. I don't think so. The Blues think- had a young pairing that they wanted to invest in and believed in. Um, and so that's the move that they made. Yeah. I just, I, I wonder, like, across franchise, across sports, like, are you like, if you don't pay this young player, are we never going to, you know, we're not going to pay him again in the future? Are we going to have to leave him? Like, it's either like kind of a rotating door or you assign well, I mean, him. Like the Nationals with Juan Soto, for example. The Nationals go, okay, we're not going to, we tried. He wasn't buying. So we're going to get something in return. And yeah. we're going to do it at an earlier stage as opposed to when he becomes a free agent. And the Padres get him for a couple of years before they'll have to deal with the situation. Yeah, the Padres in general, like as a team, are kind of in that situation where like this has to work. I, I think the ship may have already sailed. Yeah, and that's and and, and that to me I mean, is they're going to lose a Cy Young pitcher most likely this off season. Yeah, yeah, and to me that is an example when I asked that question about self sabotage. And obviously, this is somewhat results oriented, which we are not. Right, and we don't kink shame and we're pro liberty. Indeed, but you're kind of putting yourself in that that one year window of winning is always dangerous. The Rams did that. The L.A. Rams ugh, did that and won the Super Bowl. They puts their chips all into the middle, and they ended up winning and got the legacy piece. However, if that doesn't work, look at the Mets, look at the Padres. Now you're stuck in this position. Mets is a little different because how much money Cohen has. But outside of that, because every other sport is a salary cap, you're kind of boxing yourself in if you're going to spend all that money to win for one year. Some of the uh, texts coming in in answer to your question, Jackson, question one of the Angry Beaver half and half. Uh, whoever pays Shoei Otani is going to be the most obvious answer after this offseason. That is from the 406. I would tell you that if the Dodgers go out in the LDS and they are a loss away from doing so, uh, that would up the percentages of him going to Los Angeles. Mm. 
Yeah, I saw. I, 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 I'm of the opinion that if not that this is a real controversial opinion, I can't imagine. But if a team comes up well short of what its expectations were, then it ups the percentage probability that they then are aggressive in the off season. Yeah. So that's where the Cardinals, you would think, would be. Speaking of which, Bill DeWitt, the third spoke with the St. Louis Business Journal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I realize that the uh, circulation for the St. Louis Business Journal is not a shot. I'm sure the St. Louis Business Journal would, of course, agree with it. It's just the math is not up there with the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. So you have to be a Business Journal subscriber to have read it. It's behind a paywall. Uh, but this article was just posted yesterday afternoon, and there is some insight into the Cardinal mindset financially going into the offseason. Uh, and we will have that for you on the other side of the commercial break. Plus, running parallel to that, the money from the Ram settlement and the Dome. That is a story in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We'll have that for you coming up on the program and get your thoughts on that as well, uh, because now they're talking about the life expectancy of the Dome. Keep in mind, it is 28 years old. Uh, That conversation, along with Taylor Twelman, brought to you by Together Credit Union, is all coming your way. This program is called Balloon Party, and it is driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on our YouTube channel. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN. Munganan, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, the presenting sponsor of the program. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. Watch us on YouTube and uh, rank us if you could. We're doing rankings here. Uh, it kind of depends on what you're into. Yeah, but you are you into want. hot married dads who are <laughs> bad boys on midday radio? Are you into young, available, supple boys who are 25 and have the world in front of them now that they've lost 25 pounds and experience hair regrowth? It's up to you. Yeah, I think you'd win. Almost. Yeah, you're, class- what about, what you're about, classically handsome. I agree with that. I think I use the term beautiful. The question, though, is. The fact that I'm 5'1", how much does that impact? Right, but you carry yourself like you're 6'7". Right, arrogantly. Right. Well, you know, they don't ask how, they ask how many. That's my credo. Penny uh, save, Penny earn. This, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. crazy. I'm in deep. Yeah. I'm um, in deep. Clark W. Griswold, 1983? Ooh, yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I'm kind of like that, like uh, Pete Davidson, like sickly handsome. Oh wow! You know, like, yeah, like and Will Hung, right? Indeed, like you're like I don't know if I should like give this guy a kiss or a peanut butter sandwich, and that's kind of where so I'm you're at. M- mysterious. Yeah, and I, that's kind of my allure. Yeah, what what is Jackson's allure? Three one four three nine nine six four six. Now into this Bill Dewitt Business Journal interview. Yeah, perfect seg. Yep. Missouri Journalism School, St. Louis University High School. Bingo. I don't know what this is about. I'm happy he did it. So the Cardinals were going to do the end of the season press conference. Then they decided they weren't. Fine. <laughs> right. Then Bill DeWitt does an interview with the St. Louis Business Journal. Yeah, it's, a, it's a move. I don't really know how to analyze it. I don't know uh, how many people are subscribers to the Business Journal. I know when when you graduate from Ladue, you're gifted a, a subscription. Yeah, that's like the like the just like the door prize. <laughs> that's not even. That's like you get a lease or two. But uh, here is here is what he had to say about a wide variety of topics that are quite interesting. And if they were, you know, on the Athletic or the Post Dispatch or. You know, a news station uh, probably would carry a little weight. But since Jackson's Trust, uh, I have the password to it, and I was able to access the business journal this morning, so I was able to read it and now share it with you. All of us, of course, being 
proletariat. Right. right. Jackson being a noble. Right. Elitist. Right. Coastal elitist. Coastal elitist yeah. from the middle of the country. Right. Uh, this is what Bill DeWitt had to say regarding the 2024 uh, team. Uh, we still think we have the pieces on the roster, and if we can properly supplement those, that we're back to competitive right away next year. That is our game plan. The Cardinals, at the start of the 2023 season, ranked 15th among MLB's 30 teams with a payroll of $175 million, according to data from USA Today. That metric was number 13 with a payroll of $156 million in 2022 and number 11 at $151 million in 2021. That the Cardinals have slid back in the rankings for total payroll has led some fans to accuse ownership in the front office of not investing enough in the team. Responding to that, Bill DeWitt III said, quote, our revenue ranking and our payroll ranking over time have converged. The Cardinals ranked 13th in MLB with estimated revenue of in 2022 of $358 million, according to Forbes annual valuation rankings of MLB teams. While DeWitt said it's too soon to know how much the Cardinals will increase payroll, he expects the Cardinals will, quote, climb the rankings, end quote, among MLB teams for payroll size. He also went on to say that the Cardinals could sacrifice margin next year uh, and describe the club having a, quote, willingness, I would say, to look at a pretty difficult financial year in order to try to get this thing back on track. To translate that, it sounds like he's saying we're willing to spend money even if we aren't going to profit next year because we've got to get this thing back to where it has been. Uh, Still, the Cardinals will seek to have an operating profit each season. Forbes estimates the Cardinals in 2022 had an operating income of $43 million on revenue of $358 million. Uh, The Cardinals are budgeting for a decrease in revenue in 2024 because of season ticket renewals and ticket sales, which remain strong in 2023, could be affected by the team's results this year. But, he said, they plan to incentivize season ticket holders to renew their packages. So, with that said, he says, we understand and acknowledge that season ticket holders are our biggest investors in our product, and we want to make sure that every possible amenity is associated with renewing and being a season ticket holder. So, I take from that that the Cardinals are planning on spending some money. They didn't necessarily say it like John Mazalek said it last year, which became a quote that, um, I don't know if I would call it controversial, but when the results came in, it became one that he a, was a talking point for uh, sure. Certainly uh, ha- asked about, and I still wonder what what happened last year. With all of that said, Jackson, uh, anything from that uh, excerpt of the St. Louis Business Journal's interview with Bill Dewitt the Third, which you can read at bizjournals.com, stand out to you? Fine, sir. Well, I think when you look at the state of the economy and sports, specifically baseball, uh, everything going on with the RSNs and everything, to hear that. From the owner, and that, this is why I think it's different than Mosaic saying it last year. Mosaic saying it last year is great to hear. He's the president of baseball operations. But like you've said before, he has a boss. He has someone who signs the checks, and that would be the DeWitts. And so hearing it from DeWitt, I think, is a little bit more encouraging, especially given that he's expected to take a loss in revenue. You know, that is uh, what you want to hear. If you're going to hear that the team that you root for is taking a loss in revenue, it would be totally understandable to think that the spending would go down. But to hear the opposite... I think is encouraging. Now, we got to see that it happens. And also, I think Mosaic, to an extent, boxed himself in last year by saying we're going to increase payroll because if you don't, then 
Pans are going to come after you, but that also kind of forces your hand to maybe overpay. And we might have saw that with Wilson Contreras last season. So hopefully it's spending more, but spending more wisely, because that's the thing. The Cardinals have spent money. It just hasn't been spent wisely. Uh, along those lines, they also said at the, the trade deadline that the plan, despite selling this year, is to return to contention in 2024. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful and it's admirable. The issue is you're not necessarily, well, you're not. I can just take the, the necessarily out of it. You're not in control as to whether or not you return to contention because similarly, you're not in control as to who you acquire via free agency. Even if you offer more than another team, see Jason Hayward as an example, uh, that doesn't mean that you necessarily get the player you want. What I think could be quite a spot for the Cardinals and why I think this offseason is so pivotal, there's there's the obvious reason because the chasm between the fan base and the organization has grown to the most substantial point since Bill DeWitt bought the franchise nearly three decades ago. There's that element of a distrust a disbelief that mm-hmm. there is a commitment to winning and instead there is more of a focus on profit. There is that all running parallel to the potential closing of the Goldschmidt Arenado chapter, which, you know, in the whole scheme of things, isn't that long. This will be their fourth season playing together in Goldschmidt's, uh, what, sixth season in St. Louis, mm-hmm. joining the team in, in 2019 following the 2018 season and the trade from the Diamondbacks, that it could end without anything but a, an LDS win against the Braves, an upset win at that, in 2019, but nothing beyond that. And the question that I think the Cardinals will have to ask themselves, and then I present to the fan base, is the following. Arnado will be 33 in April. Goldschmidt is 36, and he's up at the end of the year. And if the organization is going, okay, we've got to go all in this offseason because we've got to deliver on this return to contention. That's what the chairman, the owner, wants. What could wind up happening, as you can imagine, Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, Sonny Gray, mm-hmm. Jordan Montgomery. Right. I'm probably leaving out... You got the big hitters in there. Um, Yamamoto from Japan. Right, right. These are going to command substantial deals. And I'm not talking about just the dollars. I'm talking about the years. Mm-hmm. So if your investment is tied to the offensive production you have from your corner infielders who are both 30 or 31, and you have under contract for five more years, then from my standpoint, you go, absolutely, let's do this. The issue with it is, Arenado is 33, and while that doesn't mean he's done, it doesn't mean Goldschmidt's 30, so he's one year removed from winning the MVP, you still have to be cognizant of the fact that he may be on the downside. It's just just math. It's, of course, nothing personal. Who could have any issue with Paul Goldschmidt? And then furthermore, uh, it gives you the decision of whether or not you want to sign him to an extension and potentially revisit a similar situation like you had with Matt Carpenter, as an example, uh, and have somebody who you're paying while they're on the downside. All while going, okay, we've got to sign at least one, if not two, pitchers and then be in a spot where you're paying these guys beyond the window of the Goldschmidt-Arenado era. Right, right. The Goldschmidt-Arenado era may have one year left in it. 
Um, so then you go, okay, well, does it make sense to get like a glass now who's going to make a bunch of money and is under contract for next year? On the other side of it, does it make sense to trade Paul Goldschmidt if he is willing yeah. to be traded? Right. Um, and then move, take your pick of Jordan Walker. I don't know if you necessarily saw anything from Luke and Baker to make you think he could translate what he did at AAA to the big leagues. We saw that, for example, with Tyler Green, great AAA ball player, just didn't work when he got to the major leagues. Um, Dylan Carlson was a guy we heard plenty about in the minor leagues, and it just has not translated to the major leagues. These guys are certainly not the only examples in Major League Baseball. My point being, one of the reasons why, one of the top reasons why, as a matter of fact, I would say the Cardinals had this sustained run of competitive baseball from 2000 through 2022, and I include 2007 in there, even though it was a year that ended in a losing record, um, but they were in the mix before it fell off, is they didn't really have contracts that hurt them from doing business with other players. Yes, there have been terrible contracts over the last decade. I mean, Mike Leake, Brett Cecil, Dexter Fowler. Um, I feel like I'm leaving some out because there are many to choose from. There were near disasters that they were lucky didn't happen with John Carlos Stanton and Jason Hayward. And I would say Albert Pujols also. Uh, had Albert Pujols stayed here after 2011. So there were some near misses. But if you have those kinds of disastrous contracts serving as albatrosses on your books, it can then preclude you from being successful down the road. And so what could wind up happening, especially if the Phillies go deep and Nola shines bright, what if the Rangers go deep and Montgomery shines bright, that of course their their market values go up in the offseason. I would tell you one of the reasons why Dexter Fowler got the size of the contract he got was because the Cubs won the World Series. I don't really think that's a bold assessment, but he got to be on that stage. Stage. I think it was the same thing with the Cardinals and Tino Martinez following the 2001 World Series. Martinez had a hell of a lot more equity because of the Yankees' run in the World Series versus what his actual production slash his desire to be in St. Louis was. And so you can get yourself in a spot where you go, okay, we got to get back now, and we got to win the fans' trust back, and now we're going to overpay for take your pick of whomever and then get yourself in a spot where now you got those guys who can be albatrosses and then can prevent winning. They're in a tough spot because these contracts don't match up with the window of these two players. And that is why I think the Cardinals are in a really diff- difficult and delicate spot that they've that's their own creation sure. because there are not answers in the farm system short term for the pitching staff that they got to win the fans trust back but also still have to manage the business responsibly for the next 5 years. And I don't know if those two can coexist. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. You also are welcome to participate in the chat in the YouTube channel. Taylor Twelman joins us in the next segment. Talk about City coming up. The playoffs. They'll finish off the regular season on the 21st at home against Seattle. And then it's the MLS playoffs. Taylor Twelman next. Presented to you by Together Credit Union. This is Balloon Party. Driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Action Jackson. Our program is sponsored by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. And we welcome you to participate in the show, whether it be in YouTube chat, very active today. Fun to see. Welcome in, friends. More friends of the feather, I say. That's what I say, Jackson. More friends of the feather. Jackson's trying to get Taylor Twelman on the phone, so I'm buying time. Just as a little peek behind the curtain, Jackson returns, and he is not happy. I've never seen He is madder than a hornet. He is madder than a hornet right now. <laughs> it's okay. I'm all good. Um, yeah, just trying to get Taylor on. And uh, once we do, I'll give you the big old thumbs up. Uh, so we're working on that. Uh, currently... I don't know how many more words I can say. <laughs> Text line number is 314-399-9646. Taylor's been really good about this. He's though. been outstanding. Especially like when he's been hanging out with Messi and he yeah. steps aside to fumble F around with me. I sometimes forget like Taylor Twelman is like the authority of American soccer. Right. Well, and, he went to St. Louis U High. Right. And so, yeah, it shouldn't even be a surprise to me in the slightest. But having said that, he is very kind and always comes on with us. And is, this is like the first ever problem we've ever had in the on. So I'm sure he'll call us or if not, you know, we'll... Uh, you want to subtweet him right now? No, I don't do this whole subtweet thing. You don't really do much tweeting. Neither do I. Yeah, I retweet I, that uh, mom at the the White yeah. House from LSU celebration in 2019. I re- 2020. Yeah, I reappear like a like a cherry blossom tree around uh, Missouri basketball <laughs> season, and I'll just tweet out like halftime takes, like uh, secure the board, uh, push it in transition. What are we doing? Get the ball. What's the point of that? Uh, no, just uh, it's just vent- a release for you. Venting. Nice. And uh, you know, maybe if folks you know want to follow, like they want some Mizzou hoops breakdown from a guy who really knows hoop rock, right? Follow me. What's your uh, Twitter tweet? Jackson underscore Burkett, B-U-R-K-E-T-T. Nice. Have you thought about just getting the at Piddles? At Piddles like one? (laughs) It would be really funny because I'm sure somebody has that. Twitter's been around for damn near 20 years. And like have to like buy it from them. Acquire it. What would like 1,200? Do you think that's too much to spend for at Piddles? No, I think the return on investment easily 400%. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, I could I could really see a return, so I'll inquire. Jackson is talking to me while peeking out <laughs> to see if the phone is ringing from Taylor Twelman. No doubt. I'm going to I'm going to see if I can't get it. Hey, right listen. Me. I want you to look at me. Okay. Look at these baby blues that yeah. have seduced so many ladies in yeah. this area and in Arkansas for a brief respite. It's not your fault. Thank you. No, no. It's not your fault. It's not. I know. You know, this is actually... <laughs> Listen to me, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not your fault. Right, right, right. Sean, I get it, Sean. Um, it's actually why we call it talking with Twelman and not Tuesdays with Twelman in case there's a situation oh, that arises nice. where... Strategic naming. I like strategic naming on all with alliteration parlayed. Right. Wonderful. All right, you mentioned the baseball playoffs. I happened to be watching last night. Uh-huh. Were you watching? No. Or were you watching? What was I watching? Oh, I've I've just got blinders. No, I finished that. I just can't wait for the movie. Um, I just started the bear. Oh, nice. Yeah, I my just wife and I just wrapped that up this weekend. Actually, yeah, yeah I like how quick serendipitous. It is. Yeah, it's great. I really love it. It's intense. It can be extreme. It's yeah. I wouldn't describe it as Food easy porn. watching. To an extent, yeah. I I like Italian beef. Three one four three nine 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 six four six, but I'm watching it and I'm seeing the Phillies. They're up four nothing. Zach Wheeler striking everyone out. 
But, oh, here come the Braves. Mm. And they cut the lead down. And then with two strikes and two outs in the bottom of the eighth inning, up comes Austin Riley. And there is a drive. Oh, and it's a home run. The Braves have taken the lead. And the Braves go on to win when Michael Harris doubles off Bryce Harper leaping against the fence. And he just decided, you know what? I'm going to take my chance that this ball gets down. Alas, it didn't. That ends the game. And the Phillies, while seemingly in control of that series and about to return to the city of brotherly love, one went away from advancing to the NLCS for the second straight year, now lose momentum and head back to Philadelphia with a banty group of Braves feeling it. First of all, I love when you give me just a, a little ribbon of Vin Scully. A ribbon of Vin Scully. I like that. Uh, I love that. And uh, shades of Andy Chavez doubling it off was. Jim Edmonds. That's correct. In the 06 NLCS. Ooh, ooh, that was a low point for my baseball fandom when that happened. Yep. Ooh, I, it still gives me chills, even though I know what happened with Wainwright freezing Beltran. It's, I think it might be my most like frame-by-frame frame memory of what happened. I remember watching my father, watching the ball come off Scott Rowland's bat. We both get on the ground so excited that he's about to hit it, and Andy Yard. Chavez catches it, and we both put our hands oh. in our head, and it was like the most unreal moment, and doubling off Edmonds was just like the cherry on top. Yeah, I mean, Edmonds, I'm sure, was frustrated that he was about to be doubled off, and I also think he was irritated he had to run back <laughs> just because that was going to be a whole thing. Right, because so, he was super out. Like, he was like was rounding awful. second. Harper, I couldn't believe that they got him last night. Like I said, I was watching it live when it happened. And they missed the, they missed two cutoff men actually, and then uh, they got the third they hit the third one though he was running him in the back and then throws it across for the out and then that wraps that thing up and Harper's just like holy crap how did I let that happen that is just a a bad fundamental mistake because if the ball gets down he's going to score from second percent yeah you don't he was on first but if he's just hanging out at second that's where I always am with situations like that like if you're fast enough you're probably going to score anyways just be was, safe was, I was surprised to see him where he was right you can even stand on second and you're probably fine that's and what you're I'm saying almost that's what always going to score. Then you're, then you're hedging. Right. Um, but either way, that ended it. And now uh, we have, I believe, the home team now has won two playoff games. I think that's what it is. That's crazy. The Astros have one. Yeah. And the Braves have one. But that is it in the LDS so far. The Orioles are facing elimination. Yep. Uh, today, the Astros and Twins uh, reconvene in the Twin Cities today, and then the uh, Braves and Phillies and Dodgers and Diamondbacks will get going again tomorrow with the Dodgers on the verge of elimination after a monster regular season, which then led to Ken Rosenthal's expansive column. I really did think I was, and this isn't like doing the Colin Coward thing, where I'm the only one who's telling you this. I just, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I realize I'm, you know, in the minority on this. But I hate the baseball postseason setup because it devalues the regular season. Right. And as it turns out, Ken Rosenthal has written a super detailed story on The Athletic about baseball facing a problem with its postseason. Uh, Rosenthal, does MLB's playoff format already need changes as higher seeds lose advantage? And so he details what has happened in the baseball postseason, albeit... A very small sample size, because with this new playoff format, you only have two years of data to work right, with. Right. With that said, a couple of ideas, um, I don't want to say are proposed, but at least just 
batted about. Uh, one immediate fix would be reseed after the first round. The number one seed currently faces the winner of the wild card series between the numbers four and five seeds, while the number two seed faces the winner of numbers th- threes through six series, number three, six series. The idea is to ensure that the number one seed does not face another division winner in the DS while still preserving the original bracket. Hogwash, Rosenthal says. <laughs> I love that. Balderdash. The number one seed should face the lowest remaining seed. If a new bracket is required, big deal. Then there is the question of further handicapping wild cards. How about this one? On Sunday's FS1 broadcast of Game 2 of the Rangers-Orioles series, John Smoltz suggested eliminating the off day between Game 3 of the wild card series and the start of the division series, an idea that might hold some merit. Mm. Oh, here it comes. Game three would then need to be played in the afternoon to ease the travel burden. And and as you can imagine, ESPN almost certainly would oppose that. But under the Smoltz plan, a team could not bring back its game one starter in the wild card round for game two of the DS, the way the Rangers did with Jordan Montgomery on Sunday and the way the Phillies did with Zach Wheeler on Monday. Then there is this one. Borrowing a concept from Korea's KBO and give the bye team an immediate 1-0 advantage in the division series. Jackson's making a face for those of you not watching on YouTube. The bye team then would need to win only two games while the lower seed must win three. But that presents a potential loss of revenue for the league if the series only goes two games in the LDS. Anytime we're taking away dollars from the top line while not increasing our margins, we have what is called a non-starter. Even if it is at the expense of the integrity of the regular season, which is turning into college basketball. College basketball is the right answer, Jackson. And then there's this. Always the right answer. (laughs) Then there is this idea. The ultimate answer might lie in expansion. Yeah. Here we go. I actually have a hot prediction on that. You have a prediction on what? I just threw Um, a bottle across the studio. Well, yeah, that that I didn't predict, but the uh, expansion on that. Okay. What, what? What is your prediction? Have you read the column? I mean, if you read the column, then that would just be called comprehension, not a prediction. No, I haven't. Not in its uh, totality. Mm-hmm. But I could see a situation where they eliminate divisions and go eight teams in each each league. Well, then I'm going to read this for you, and you, sir, are going to get to dunk on this audience, which challenges your sports knowledge. Yes. The ultimate answer might lie in expansion. Once the league goes from 30 to 32 teams, it could expand the postseason from 12 to 16 teams. Yeah, Aaron and I were talking. Too many, I know, in the eyes of many fans. The format would resemble the one of the league adopted for the shortened 2020 season, starting with the eight best of three wildcard series. The danger, of course, would be devaluing the regular season. You don't say. <laughs> Imagine the outcry if a number 16 seed knocked out a number one. Again, there are no easy answers. Even in the regular season, any team can win two of three or three of five from any other, as evidenced by the bottom-feeding A's and Royals capturing series in September against the eventual AL West champion Astros. The teams in the playoffs are closer in quality. The possibilities of upsets are even greater. No matter how baseball slices it, the postseason always will be a crapshoot. No format following a six-month regular season ever will truly be fair. I gotta disagree with that. And I love Ken Rosenthal. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. Yeah. The fairest would be 
you win your division and you play in the LCS. That's how I view it. I really do view that. But that's not, that's not going to happen. Right. Now that is, I may be biased by the nostalgia of that's what I grew up with because those of you who may be older, if you were around in the 50s and 60s, you saw the Cardinals win the National League and you know what they went right to, Jackson? The old World Series, Fall Classic, yeah, which right. actually would play in early October <laughs> and would be wonderful weather. That's why when you see videos of Bob Gibson in 68, you go, wow, that doesn't look like he's freezing his ass off. That's because it was played the first week of October. Right. Now it's played into November. But that's that's you are rewarded for having the best 162 games. But again, the problem is you're taking money away now that you are not only reducing the number of postseason games, but you're also reducing the number of teams and fan bases with interest into August and September. And therefore, you see a decline in attendance and television ratings in those markets that otherwise would have been eliminated in what was the National League East and National League West. So there is not really a solution. It does become the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah. However, I don't think there is near the interest in baseball's playoffs that there are nationally in the NCAA tournament. No doubt. And I think even expanding on the the expansion that was just mentioned with eight with sixteen sixteen total teams, t- half the teams going in. I could see for one hundred sixty two game season. Seriously, looking Logan Roy and just go <laughs> f off. Looking at we're not serious people. <laughs> looking at the state of baseball and how they love elimination games, I could see them even taking a step further. And classic pills is going to bring up the NBA, but going play-in game where you have the nine and ten seeds and the uh, seven and six seeds play in a game, an elimination game, uh, to see who can get into the playoffs, or even just the the nine and ten seeds to see if they can get in the playoffs. One game elimination game in late September, early October. And I think the MLB would look at that and see the money they can make on an elimination game like that. And you're keeping now 10 teams in each league into it throughout their whole season. I mean, I'm not saying I love it, but I, I can see it. I don't know how that it. tends to the current issue with teams having to sit out right. or teams not being rewarded for regular season success. It doesn't. Success, it does the right? opposite. And that's, that's the thing. I think you can sit here and have a conversation. You're always going to go back to the yeah, but that doesn't tend to that issue. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Taylor Twelman, not going to join us today. What was that right there? It just doesn't, I mean, it doesn't seem like it. No, 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 that's fine, that's fine. It's not your fault. (laughs) I gotcha. It's not your fault. I'm going to reach out and we'll uh, we'll try to get him on tomorrow. Uh, Maybe he'll join us, maybe he won't. Everything's going to be fine, though. I want you to know that. You're a prince of a young man. Thank you. All right, Uh, this is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Hacker and Alton Toyota. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you for four more minutes of glory. Jackson, optimize these four minutes. Do it. Um, how should I optimize it? Yeah, I mean, you've got the piddles half and half in front of you. Yeah. Well, I deep tease this. Yeah. How about I deliver on a deep tease? I like that. The Dome Authority in St. Louis beginning to look at how to spend the Rams settlement money. This story in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch this morning. The nearly 30-year-old Dome at America Center could be in line for some improvements, including new turf and cooling system. With more than $70 million in Rams settlement money sitting in its account, the body that owns the Dome at America Center is beginning to think about the facility's needs and just how far that Money will go. On Monday, they met to discuss making investments in the sound system, lighting, cooling equipment, and turf, and even freshening up the exterior visible from I-70 with a logo or sponsorship. But first, board members want an updated formal assessment of the Dome's capital needs 
and the condition of the facility, which became the home of the Rams starting in 1995. Uh, the RSA gets a share of the Stan Kroenke settlement money. It split the $519 million with the city and the county, and uh, that is coming in. However, uh, at the end of next year, the government assistance from the city, the county, and the state of Missouri, which provides $4 million annually for dome maintenance, comes to an end. Mm. So that's a problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. That's a big problem. Quote, we need to have some sort of idea how long the life of the facility is so we have some idea of how long we need to spread this money out. Officials from the CVC, which operates the downtown convention center and the attached dome, briefed the board on investments that could help them market the dome for events. But CVC director Kenny Ratcliffe said, quote, customer experience and aesthetic improvements her organization has wanted for years such as better access between the two facilities, estimated to cost in excess of $30 million, will depend on other investments the domes will, quote, need to have, the dome will need to have. The dome already has events booked as far out as 2030. So, uh, Mayor Tashara Jones uh, has in the past brushed aside calls for from some to demolish the dome, and the RSA board signal that wants to maintain the facility to attract conventions and other events that need the large space. Ratcliffe and others say the dome gives St. Louis a unique niche for certain conventions and events that other cities cannot match. Quote, there is not a facility in the Midwest that can hold 60,000 people under a roof. That's from RSA board member Chris Saracino. And I think on that specifically, I think they're talking about having a convention center and a dome. I think that's what that is. I'm pretty sure Lucas Oil can do both. Has a conve- has a separate convention center and that... I, I was reading it when we talked about this on TMA, and it said something about connected to a convention center. Is that right? Yeah, Lucas it Oil can holds 60,000. I, 70. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so that, that part confuses me a touch. So... You know, spending money for the purpose of the Battle Hawks in Missouri to come play once every few years, just that doesn't. Now, at the same time, uh, I believe it was Dave Spence who says, quote, I do think it's our responsibility to keep this building relevant. Updating the turf would cost approximately a million and a half dollars, he said. So relatively speaking, that's not, quote unquote, much when you're talking about having 70 plus million. The issue and the thing that may fly under the radar in the conversation is the fact that after next year, That $4 million from the city, county, and the state of Missouri goes away, and now it's on the dome to pay for that maintenance already while being in charge of a building that is 30 years old. I mean, that's that's the reality of the math. Yeah, and I don't even know what the solution is because, like, you do want to keep the dome because, I mean, obviously the the Missouri thing is one thing, but the Battle Hawks, and you don't know the timetable in the XFL, but you would like to keep a stadium like that just for the off chance. Having said that, how much money are you willing to spend to keep it up if you're only going to have, you know, if we're talking turf, how much does that turf get used, you know, in a 365-day calendar? So that is uh, one of the questions that Kitty Ratcliffe said we had an answer to, and that is what is going to be the situation with the XFL and the USFL and that merger. Mm-hmm. So that is a story in the Post-Dispatch where you can read more at stltoday.com. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I am Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and on our YouTube channel. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.